This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Michael and Pastor Tim with you, and we are talking about church pain, church Mm -hmm. wounds. Real things. Yep. So uh, we're coming back to the to the topic of leaders in the church who cause us pain. And here's a big challenge. What do you do when you don't trust your leaders? I mean, clearly, if you don't trust them, they have made some decisions in the past that have been unreliable, untrustworthy, painful, et cetera. Right. And so um, this person asked the question, is it okay to leave my church if I don't trust my leaders? What say you, Tim? That's one of those yes and no, in my opinion. The beauty of being a Christian and being a part of the body of Christ is that we are not tied to one particular church. We choose to engage in a family, in a local congregation, and say, this is my church. I'm all in. We join. We go through the membership process, whatever that looks like. But we say we are all in here or— We attend without actually going through the formal process of becoming a member. Mm. And I think there is a little bit of difference there. But because we are a part of the body of Christ, we are not locked in to never leave that church ever or ever or ever. You're not a slave there and you're not tied there. And God does move people from time to time for various different reasons from one church to the other. So is it okay to leave Yes, it, it would be, but there's, there needs to be some circumstances in which I would think would God would release a person from leaving a church. A couple of things that, that I want to just kind of throw out here. Is it okay to leave—well, it is never okay to leave without saying anything. Amen on that. Something one. happens in the church that you've been attending for a length of time, and then the person that is— upset, concerned, hurt, whatever the adjective would be there, leaves without saying anything to anyone, especially to the leaders. I don't think that's ever appropriate. I don't think that's biblical. I don't think that is helpful. And most pastors that I know care deeply when people leave, whether they are a long-term attender or whether they're a full-fledged member, that pastor and those leaders are deeply hurt and they are deeply concerned when someone leaves and doesn't say anything. And then it's up to the pastor and the leaders to make the phone call, set up the appointment. Hey, we haven't seen you in a while. What happened? Did we do something? And it puts the onus on the leaders to follow up. And I think there is an onus that needs to be on the person that's leaving. They need to be up front and say, hey, I am leaving this church because, and whatever that because is. And so you don't have to leave because meeting with that pastor, that leader can kind of basically talk you off of that decision. And like, you know what? I misunderstood or I had a wrong expectation and maybe I don't need to leave Mm. because there's a conversation. So I think it's never okay to leave without clear communication of why you feel you need to leave. And in this case, if this person's saying, I need to leave because I no longer trust our leadership or or the church leadership, I don't trust you, 
that needs to be communicated. Is that one of the easiest conversations in the world? No, it's probably one of the most difficult mm. to say to your church leader, I trusted you, and now I feel I can't trust you. Yeah, we've had a handful of people in different from different contexts who basically said, I love my people in the church, and I love the people, but I have no confidence in the leaders. Yeah. I'd make a distinction between leadership ability mm-hmm. and ethics. Yes. Like, do I have no confidence in their ability to make good ethical decisions? That's a very different category mm-hmm. than to make good leadership decisions. Right. Not everybody can make good leadership decisions. Right. Do I just not trust the way they're leading? Do I not trust in some of their decisions? Maybe they put people in positions that I just don't agree with and therefore I don't trust them. Mm. Or is there moral and ethical things that I don't trust them for? Those are two different categories I I think that are significant. Yeah. It's hard because I think in these circumstances, you have to, one of the best things that we can do to counsel people is to say, you, you need to really be led by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you have unethical, immoral leaders, I do think at that point, you you have an obligation to walk away with good communication and mm-hmm. a non-divisive spirit and all that kind of stuff. But here's what I found. The smarter someone is in their biblical knowledge and also the more experienced they are in church leadership, the more we can make philosophies of ministry mm. moral issues. Yes. Yeah. Or doctrine Mm-hmm. That is, we'll say, not primary for sure, mm-hmm. but right. maybe secondary, maybe even tertiary. Like yeah. our preferences or whatever, we can make them a really, really big deal. We can turn them into major trust issues yeah, yeah. and major ethical issues, of issues, of issues and right. and that's why we should never leave in a vacuum. We need, right. you know, people need to be able to process this with us and whatnot. But I do think there's sometimes that people will say, "I don't trust." what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this isn't sin. This is philosophy. This is a, we could run our ministry like this or like this, but the scripture doesn't actually tell us which we're trying to do the best we can in this context. You know, we don't hear that a ton, but I'll just give you an example in my own life. Knowing what I know now with my experience now, if I left ministry and I Mm -hmm. went to a church and they had a philosophy of ministry I didn't like, I wouldn't go there. And it would be really hard if Mm -hmm. I was there for 10 years and then they changed their philosophy of ministry to one that I just hate. Yeah. It would feel moral to me. Yeah. You know, I'd feel like betrayed. No, I came here because <laughs> you were under this philosophy. Uh-huh. But the reality is the leaders can change philosophies of ministry, mm-hmm. you know, and unless it's not sin. Right. We mentioned two categories of mistrust, which is, you know, leadership decisions, philosophical reasons, or ethical or moral issues. But I think there's another one, which is a theological or a biblical reason. If, yep. if I see or hear or I observe my leadership mishandling God's word or or going deal. down a theological path that clearly is not where I would be as a Bible-believing Christian, I would say that crosses the line into, okay, mm-hmm. I don't trust that they can handle God's word. They can't interpret yep. God's word in, in a way that is consistent with Scripture. Yeah, so could we dig there a little bit? Yeah. Because there's a couple categories of this. So there's number one, which is teachers who go into heresy. Yeah. And that's bad. Leave. Got mm-hmm. it. But then there, there's the um, the unskilled teacher who they're not saying anything wrong, but they're making the text say things that the text doesn't, doesn't really say. say. It's not good communication, yeah. interpretation, application, bad homiletics. That's mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. homiletics is the big word for how you preach. Yeah. That's interesting because I hear a lot of preachers. I listen to a lot of guys in our city mm-hmm. and around, and I'm actually amazed at 
what some people are able to pull out of a text and preach <laughs> yeah. on. You know, I'm yeah. like, wow. Yeah, that how was, did you get that from that, that text, Stretch? You okay. know? I don't know too many preachers who are like, I'm going to try to misunderstand, misapply, misinterpret the text, and then lead God's people astray. Like, that's not like, yeah. in fact, they're probably doing the best they can. Yeah, with the training they have and experience right. they have, that's where they feel that they would go. But we got to make that distinction between heresy, gospel yes. compromise, primary first tier issues, mm-hmm. and really just maybe somebody who's less skilled. Right. Because the Lord can use less skilled teachers to bring people to Christ mm-hmm. yes, and hopefully they're growing in their yeah. skill, you know, but that, I just want to make that distinction because a lot of times we're like, I just don't agree with the way you saw that text. Yeah. There needs to be a sit down conversation and it, and it could go something like, Hey pastor, you know, last Sunday you preached this text and how did you pull that out of your rear? Yeah, that would be quite <laughs> Oh, that, wait, wait, wait. That would be, you're you're going to be a little more gracious. Yeah. How did you get yeah. to that interpretation or that text and then offer a solution, mm. offer help? Hey pastor, could I preach for you? Yeah, well, you know, I don't want, you know, and it may not be that, but it I'm may just be being sarcastic. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you and I, or, or, <laughs> we got to keep this lighthearted. But it could be simple as, hey, Pastor, have you ever thought about, you know, doing like a sermon prep mm. time? Yeah. I would be willing to sit down and be a part of that. As difficult as it is to prepare messages week after week after mm. week, more heads in the room no, no, could no, actually no. help you so that you're not coming up with all the ideas. Yep. Offer a solution. If you say to your leader, I'm not sure where we're going with this philosophy of ministry. If it is ethical or moral, I think that takes it Mm -hmm. to another area. If it is clearly heresy, I think that takes it to that next level where Mm -hmm. you got to have that conversation. And depending on where you're at theologically, you probably can't stay without Mm -hmm. compromising your own convictions. And I, I would never advocate for that. But maybe your leaders are doing something that is not sin, but it's just something that you've not been exposed to and you don't necessarily need to leave. You said, mm-hmm. maybe I need to ride this out, you know, for a, for a season. Mm-hmm. And I heard a podcast last week and I really believe that there is some truth in this. If God has moved you to this church and the person saying, leave my church. So there's always this transition when a person, a new person comes, it's your church. And at some point it's our church. And then the final thing, this is my church. And when you reach that level of this is my church, you've been there some length of time and you're feeling this is my church. If you reach that point, you need to really ask, God, are you pushing me out? Is this issue or this thing of trust, is this your way of moving me on to another church, moving me on to another ministry? Mm. So is there a push And then my question would be, okay, where's the pull? Mm. Where are you being pulled to? So what I've always said to my kids, and this may not be a good analogy, never leave a job that you have until you have a job to go to. Don't quit without going, having a new place to go. As a proverb. As a proverb. (laughs) If I feel that I'm being led, if I'm being, God is using this, this circumstance to push me out of my church, what is God pulling me to? I've got a clear indication from God that my next church is going to have these things, this philosophy, this approach to ministry. So I'm I'm being pulled to a very specific kind of church Mm. and being pushed out of this one for that. There is times that God would actually move people and it'd be very valid. I'll go back to what I said before. There needs to be that conversation before you leave. 
I think this leads us really well into the next question, and it goes like this. Why do so many people have wound stories from churches? Mm -hmm. So before we close, uh, I'm going to read just a little uh, funny thing. <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine yeah. posted a, a picture of uh, on Facebook of a bunch of liberals protesting, and uh, somebody changed the words on it. <laughs> and uh, here's what it says. Stop killing alligators to make Gatorade. <laughs> She's so concerned. Anyways, I yes. thought that would bring. I read that and I was like, "Wait, that's not real. That's not real." Okay, good. Yeah, yes, he's not real. So if you're protesting that, you're yeah. Gatorade does not come from alligators. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I had another joke for you, Tim, but I can't remember it. So maybe come back for our next podcast. You're, you're, and at the very you're not going to tell gonna, the penguin joke, are you? Ooh, yeah. Come back. Come back for the next podcast, and we're going to blow your mind with one of the greatest <laughs> jokes in human history. See you then.